Thanks, Ian. Sorry for that lack of notice. So, um, last week, week before even, I had a letter come through my door from the Church of England, from the Diocese of Rochester. Uh, it was three identical letters. One telling me that Trevor Graham has passed uh, a thing known as the Foundation in Christian Ministry. Um, one telling me that Steve Brome has done the same. And one telling me that Dot Brome has done the same. Now, um, what that means is that they spent a year and a half going to lectures on a Wednesday night? Yeah, and some Saturday. Wednesday night and Saturdays and some weekends and writing essays and reading books and becoming all learned. Um, and now they're allowed officially to talk to us for six times a year, which, uh, there we go, 666, that's 18, Sunday's covered. Um, and then, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so it's a delight to t- welcome Trevor here. Let's pray for Trevor and, um, and for us. Father, thank you. For Trevor, thank you for being with him in his preparation. Speak clearly through him now, we ask. And we might discover more of your calling to us. Amen. Uh, Thank you. Um, I'll just reassure you that's speaking to you from the front six times a year. Uh, Otherwise it might be rather strained conversations with my wife every other month. Um, So we can speak a little bit more often than that. But... um, yeah, it was fun doing the course, and I feel a bit guilty um, because I know that Stephen Dot handed in the final assignment, and I haven't. Um, so, sorry. Um, okay, so I'm speaking six times a year, better make sure it's worth listening to. Um, just let you know, this sermon comes with a bit of Star Trek, uh, it comes with some gifts, uh, and it comes with a bit of an apology. Okay, so we're going to start with an image. If we can have that up, thank you. Okay, as promised, Star Trek. Right, general, well I put it as general knowledge, but I'm a Trekkie. Okay, who's the guy over here in blue? Over to the far left. Dr McCoy, fantastic. Who's the guy kind of in the middle with the pointy ears in blue? Commander Spock, fantastic. Who's the guy right over on the far right as you look at it? Captain Kirk, fantastic. So we've got three people who have kind of fictional characters, sadly, um, who've been around since the 1960s. The next film comes out in less than a month. We've got really great characters that you can all name. Okay, Dr. McCoy, Commander Spock, Captain Kirk. Anyone know who the guy in red is? The one that's going to get killed. Absolutely. Yep. He's there with a gun. Not going to do any good, is it, really? The guy in red is just there to dig a grave. Okay? Um, do you know, statistically it's true, in the first, ep- first series of um, Star Trek, of all the Starfleet personnel who died, 73% of them were wearing red. I am, I am not the sad Muppet who calculated that, I'd like you to know. Um, but it does mean you probably don't want to argue with Scotty, because he managed to survive it all. But absolutely, okay? You look at this... Particularly if, you, if you're kind of into the, the Trekkie kind of stuff, there were apparently huge arguments between William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy about who had the most lines per script, okay? Because they wanted to kind of really get their name known. The guy in red has got no. So if I told you that he was going to be the hero of the, the episode, he was going to be the one who did all the amazing things and, and managed to win the battle or whatever. You wouldn't believe me. And to be fair, you'd be right, because he doesn't. 
Okay? But when we look at Jesus through the eyes of that first century Jews that Paul was talking to, and Paul says, I need to tell you about the Saviour who's come. I need to tell you about this Saviour. First century Jews found it a stumbling block because he died. In the same way as when you look at this picture and you think the guy in red is not going to be good here. He's going to be pushing up the daisies probably before about ten minutes time. So if I told you he was a hero, you'd struggle. So for first century Jews, when they looked at Jesus, he was a stumbling block because he died. Similarly, the passage talks about Gentiles and Greeks. For Gentiles and Greeks, they wanted people who could share knowledge. They wanted to hear how to calculate the size of a triangle. They wanted to hear about democracy, about what bits of the body did. That was important to them. So when Paul spoke to them and said, let me tell you about this chap who told a story about a man who threw seed seed into a field, they stumbled with that. It was a difficult starting point for them. But Paul's instructions were really clear. Paul's instructions in the passage that we looked at were really clear. We preach Christ crucified. So it doesn't matter that for some, that will be a stumbling block. The instruction from Paul is to preach Christ crucified. Don't add, don't take away, preach Christ crucified. Um, Okay. The next thing I said I put in was a bit of an apology. Um, A few years ago I heard Dave Green, who was a curate before last, preach from this, and he said, um, he stood up and said, I've used the Bible passage as a springboard onto something else. And I'd just like to say, I think I've done the same and I've sprung quite a long way. So I'm kind of a bit sorry about that, because we've got a passage that talks about preaching Christ crucified, and actually I'm kind of looking at some other bits and pieces. The thing I'd say in my defence is that actually the things we're looking at will hopefully make us a bit more Christ-like, not just as individuals, but as a church. And the passages we've been looking at these last few weeks were shared with the church first at the church meeting. They're Martin's vision for us as a church as a group. Um, so if you're kind of visiting today, then I'm a little bit sorry, but hopefully you'll kind of pick up something from it. Um, and you'll hopefully be perhaps inspired about how you do things in your church. Um, and if you're here regularly, hopefully you'll be inspired about how we do things in this church. Because I think there's some things... Um, so normally when I preach, I really try and link it to a Bible passage. But I apologise because I've sprung quite a long way. Um, again, when I preach, you always hope that there's going to be a change of heart. Um, and actually, perhaps from this will come a change of action. But actually, as I say, I think it will make us more Christ-like as individuals and as a church. So I hope that you'll forgive me. So, that phrase from Paul, preaching Christ crucified. Because that's what we've been instructed to do. Um, and how do we make sure that that's the stumbling block? And that's the only stumbling block. That second passage talked more about um, let nothing get in the way of that. So, Christ crucified. Um, Let me give it to you in how I would think of as four points. 
hopefully that there's things that you can stick in your head as to preaching Christ crucified. God created us. He gave us the world to live on, animals and plants, and we messed up. God gave rules for us to follow, but we decided to go our own way, and in doing so, we introduced impurities. Point one. Second point. God is so perfect, so pure, that impure things cannot be in his presence. I've never seen metal be refined through heat other than on the television. But you see impurities coming to the top and burning off. And I kind of imagine that must be what it's like if people go into God's presence with impurity. It's not that God doesn't want to welcome them, it's just he's so pure that that must just burn off. So they can't be in God's presence. So before we can get to being in God's presence, we need to get rid of those impurities. Now the only way to get rid of those impurities is to die. But Christ has died in our place. Jesus Christ, God's Son, lived a life without impurities and then took on the punishment for my impurities. And if you've asked him, then for your impurities as well. That's how I'd understand Christ crucified to mean, to be preached. And actually it's not just about getting in to be with heaven, it's about getting to be with God now and spending time with him and being closer to him now. So that's how I understand preaching Christ crucified. Now there are going to be some people who are going to find that a stumbling block. There are going to be some people who will say that they don't have impurities in their life. But our role is to preach Christ crucified. There'll be some people who say that because of the good things that they do, they'll be okay. But we preach Christ crucified. There'll be some people who are of the opinion that because of something else, they'll be okay. But we preach Christ crucified. Some will say that it does not make sense intellectually. We preach Christ crucified, because that's what we're told to do. What we really don't want to happen, what we really don't want to happen, is those people who want to hear about Christ crucified, and what that means to them, finding us, and this is where we're talking to the church, getting in the way of that, us being the stumbling block. Christ is the one who's a stumbling block. If you can't get over him crucified then that's between you and him. But it shouldn't be us as a church that get in the way. Um, I want to introduce one quick verse for you, just while you're pondering that. It comes from John chapter 5, and I apologise if I'm stealing a bit from next week. Um, as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. This is verse 22 of John 5. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Your job is to preach Christ crucified. To introduce people to a Saviour who will take the impurities away from them. It's not to tell them what those impurities are. And I think that's, there's some stuff, but that's God's job. Jesus' job is to tell them what their impurities are. That's between him and them. 
it's not necessarily your role to be the one who says, and these are what I think those impurities are. You introduce, and he decides what to judge about. Okay, as I said, the passage and the theme come from the vision for the church. So I need to get you involved in this a little bit, okay? I have some questions for you, okay? So you need to kind of find somebody to talk to, because um, you're going to be answering questions and telling people to each other. And the first time we're going to go, the person on this side of the church is going to tell the person on this side of the church, answer to a question. And that question is, I want you to recommend something to your neighbour. A restaurant, a pub, a cinema, a cafe, a coffee, a cafe, tea room, something like that. I want you to recommend something to your neighbour and tell them why. Okay? There's a lot of telepathic people in the room because I'm not hearing very much. So let's have a chat with your neighbour and tell them why you recommend it. Locally. No, you're on that side of the church. Oh, me? Okay. Um, so I would recommend um, a new tea shop in Wallace Village called Bliss. Um, um, and warm and friendly and, and someone talk to Peter and the it's a owner run place and um, it's just really nice it's very small um, but it does some great like potatoes each time and tuna and um, okay and chili beef chili con carne and it's just really don't nice. move away too far because there's some other questions coming okay I'm guessing that if you, as you were recommending somewhere, some of the words that you said were welcoming. You talked about quality, a reasonable or a clear price. You knew what you were going to get for the money you spent. Uh, perhaps there were words like smile, friendly, warm, both in terms of their welcome and also in terms of the building. Um, fresh, clean, polite. Those kind of words. Am I right? Yeah, those kind of words were the sort of things that we heard. Okay. Next question. And we're going to go back the other way. So if you're on this side, you're telling this person now. Okay. Each Sunday, why do you come to church? This is a tough question, sorry. Okay, so go that way. Why do you come to church? You'll be pleased to know that Martin's being told, not telling now. Okay, so why this church? <laughs> okay, bit of a hubbub dying down. Got no choice. I'm guessing some of the words that we used there were worship, to pray, to be prayed for, to hear some weird bloke at the front wittering on. <laughs> Thank you. Coffee. I'm glad you think the church coffee. I don't drink coffee. I can't comment. So those kind of things. Um, okay, how many of you said, because I need to talk to so many people about stuff on rotors. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I need to make sure I book in. And at the same time, I suspect perhaps unsaid were words like, I feel lonely at home. And perhaps there were things like that. And that's fine. The church should be here for that. Actually, a lot of those other things, talking about rotors, worship, praying for, being prayed for, are things that you could do at other times, and in another place, um, and in other ways. The thing you can't do at other times, in other places, or other ways, is demonstrate church to other people. 
if you ask people out there what they know about church, one of the things they're going to know is that we meet on a Sunday, usually in the morning. That's the one thing you can't, demonst- you can't do at another time. You can't demonstrate church to other people at any other time, at any other place, or in any other... Well, ways a slightly different thing. Okay, next question. It's going back this way now. Okay. When's the last time you went somewhere completely new? And how did it feel? When's the last time you went somewhere completely new? And how did it feel? It felt very lovely and, and welcoming, although I was a bit surprised that there was four bouncers on the door, um, on an internal door at that. Um, wondered what trouble they often have, if they need four of them to keep, keep company, keep calmness. Um, but once you're inside, it felt nice, it was warm. And food was I had this slight fear and in the morning service that there were a married couple where she was confessing that she might have been to a clothes shop and not told him about it. But I don't know if we're revealing anything too silly. Okay, um, can I just have a show of hands? Has anybody not ever been to an Ikea shop? Anybody not? There's people who've never been to Ikea shops, okay? Can I just say, it's a very different show. Those of you who have, first, it is a different way of doing things, isn't it? You kind of walk around a place where you can't buy anything. You can just look at it and get numbers. It's a very weird thing, and it is quite disorientating. Um, So what happens when someone who's new to our church, and I recognise there might be some people here today, what happens when somebody who's new to our church comes along for the first time? Do you think they would go away from here using some of those words you used a couple of questions ago? Welcoming, warm, friendly. You know what you're going to get. I'm here this morning and I'm preaching. It's not going to be anything about quality, is it? But, (laughs) hopefully... Thank you. Bless you. Bless you for sighing so loudly. Um, But hopefully they will use some of those words. Have any of you heard of mystery shoppers? Okay, there is a website, and I'm not going to tell you where it is because it's a bit of a strange website, where they do mystery worshippers. Okay? If you want to Google it, you can, but it goes with a warning that that's a very broad description of what might be a Christian website, okay? If you get offended, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. They're offending you, not me. Okay, you're welcome to look. But they do a mystery worshipper site. There are some of the questions that are interesting. What were the first words said from the front? But unless you're leading or speaking or up here for something, that might not be something you can help with. But there are some areas where you can help with. And I want to listen, read some of those questions. Did anyone welcome you personally? If you were a mystery worshipper coming to this church, how would you answer that? And the thing I would add to that was, was it someone at the door who was on the rotor to do it? Or was it someone who sat next to you and actually spoke to you? Or came up to you at the end of the service and had a chat? How would you describe the pre-service atmosphere? Did anything distract you? Which part of the service was like being in heaven? Sometimes people answer on that and they talk about the singing or they talk about the aspects that go on. Um, Which part was like being in uh, the other place? (laughs) 
what happened when you hung around after the service looking lost? How would you describe the after-service coffee? Or in our case, pre-service coffee? How would you feel about making this church your regular? Did the service make you glad to be a Christian? What one thing will you remember about all this in seven days' time? The one thing we can do on Sunday mornings is demonstrate church. That's the one thing we can only... It has to be a Sunday morning. And looking at some of those criteria and some of those things, I really hope we do okay. As a family, um, Claire and I have visited churches when we go on holiday. Um, we have been into churches where every single member of the congregation spoke to us. It was, you'll be glad to know, quite a small church. <laughs> Everybody said hello. Um, I've been abroad uh, a few years ago now um, and had an invitation for lunch from somebody and got a real chance to look a bit about more Cypriot culture. It was a long time ago now. Um, I've had someone say, um, gracious, it's windy, how are you getting on in your caravan? Do you need to put it on our drive for a couple of days? Quite impressive. I've also had, in the queue to get drinks, somebody looking more or less at me but reading their notice sheet when I was visiting that church and he read the church magazine from cover to cover and ignored me while we were speaking while we were queuing up to get a drink Um, I have had children or heard children be told off from the front churches so there's good and bad can I tell you what else I've done I have sat down next to somebody in a church where I've been a few years and I said to somebody, oh, hello, are you new? Uh, They've been there 20 years. 20 years. But you know what? No one died. We had a laugh about it. We had a joke. I apologised. We talked about how things had changed. Um, And it went okay. So this morning I said I'd give you some gifts. And the first gift I'm going to give you is the phrase I use when there's somebody in church and I'm not sure if I should know them or not. (laughs) Okay? So this is a very heartfelt gift. I use this and I bet there's people in this church that I've said this to. Okay? So I'm giving you the phrase that I use. Can we have it up on the screen? And we're going to practice it together. Okay? So you know you can say the words. Hi. I'm Trevor, have you been here lots and I've not noticed, or are you new? (laughs) Okay? It's not complicated, there's no long words. Ready? One, two, three. Hi, I'm Trevor. Have you been here lots and I've not noticed, or are you new? Well done. It worked really well. Not too painful. Now the next thing, you know that question I asked a little while ago about had you been somewhere new and how did it feel? Uh, a few days ago, uh, ten days or so ago, I should probably know the date exactly, I do, um, it was Claire and ours, my anniversary. Um, so we decided to go out for a meal and we went out to a restaurant that we hadn't been to before. So for us, it was new. But 
have been to restaurants before. We kind of knew what we were going to expect. There were going to be tables and chairs. There were going to be probably a bar or somewhere we could order drinks. There was going to be a waiter or waitress. There would be a selection of food. We would choose the food. We would eat the food. We would pay for the food. We might have to order at the table or at the bar. Differences. But generally, Claire and I know how restaurants work. So the next gift to you is slightly different. Can we have it up? Okay. Hi, I'm Trevor. Are you here for the baptism? Because actually that's when we get lots of people who come into church who don't come here very often. Now, if they say no, you go back to question one. (laughs) Okay? Oh, have you been here lots and I've not noticed, or are you new? Now you practice that so you can do it. If they say yes, your next question, oh, how do you know the family? They're not complicated. These are simple things to ask, but they make a difference. So, we're going to practice it together again. One, two, three. Hi, I'm Trevor. Are you here for the baptism? How do you know the family? There we go. Okay, next week, we've got a baptism. That's at one o'clock. It's at one o'clock, okay? So, as you're going out of church next week, you will get the opportunity to say to people, Hi. I'm Trevor. Are you here for the baptism? And they'll go, yes. And you say, oh, how do you know the family? Can I just say that one of the people who will be here, the mum, is in church this morning, turning a funny colour. So I'm very sorry. But they won't warn their family, okay? It's up to you to make sure that when her family leaves the church after that one o'clock service, they go out saying, really warm, really friendly. Loads of people spoke to me. Okay. I have two more gifts for you. Okay? Two more. One is not one that I think that isn't sadly part of Church of England liturgy, but I think should be. Okay? Because I think we need to say it often. Okay? Can you pop it up for me? Okay, gift three. We're going to give this to each other. I promise I won't be offended if somebody asks my name. I am useless at remembering names. When people come and tell me my name, I run away and I tell Claire, because she's good at remembering names. Okay? I'm useless. So, we're going to give this to each other. I promise I won't be offended if somebody asks my name. And the other promise we're going to make, if someone who could have spoken to me before speaks to me for the first time. There are a number of people in this church, and I hold my hand up to this, where I've kind of nodded at you as you've gone past, and I kind of recognise you, and I sort of think, and I feel I've gone past that moment where I should have said, oh, hello, are you new? Because I know you're not. Okay? So I think it's a good opportunity to do that. So are you ready? We're going to say this aloud to each other as a gift to each other. One, two, three. I promise I won't be offended if someone asks me my name. Nor if someone who could have spoken to me before speaks to me for the first time. Fantastic. Now, fourth gift. You're doing well today. Before the service came out, I gave a pound coin to about ten people. Okay, didn't people? Don't show, don't wave it around, don't tell me who you are. Okay? I have time, I'm telling their instructions now, okay? Could you please give it to the third person who says hello to you? 
Third person, who isn't perhaps someone you speak to every week, but someone who's a bit different, someone you haven't spoken to for a while. I'm not going to be too strict on that, because somebody gave me a pound back after the morning service and said, I speak to the same people all the time. Loads of people are talking to me. Okay, so there's, there's a bit of money hanging around here. And I hope you get to take the pound and go home and have an ice cream, because the weather will hold, okay? But you have to talk about how they are. So it's not a conversation about rotors, about flowers, about who's doing this next week. Conversation about how you are. There's a challenge. So there's money out there. You've just got to find the person to talk to, and they will give it to the third person. So with all those challenges, all that gifts, some challenges. And these are the challenges for next week. What can you do to make church better next week for someone who hasn't been before? What can you do? And the other challenge, which is a much wider issue and something that I find really tricky to do, and I have to say I'm not great at it, is who could you invite to come to that really welcoming church that we're all going to be? Um, And to bear in mind that actually sometimes the people who God might want to bring in are not people who are the same as us, but different. And we have to be welcoming for all. Shall we pray? Lord, when you welcomed people, you didn't stick with those people who were like you. You welcomed the sinners, the lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, those people who aren't maybe the nice people. But Lord, this is our one opportunity to demonstrate to people what church can be like. And I ask that you will pour out in an abundance a real welcoming spirit within this place. That people will come through the door and find it difficult to get to their seat without two or three people saying hello to them, greeting them, asking them how they are, so that people will feel welcomed, as welcome as you would make them in this place. Amen.